Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host and business coach, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today. Helping you build the capacity to change your life. Helping you to walk in your purpose. Tonight's show. Is your business certified? In order to receive contracts from the government and major corporations, it's important for your business to become a certified small business. There are a number of certifications out there. Which one is the right one for your business? That's what we're going to talk about tonight with an interview that I did with Kimberly Griffin from DBE Consulting Group. Kimberly specializes in helping people get the right certifications for their business. She will be here to discuss how and why your business should get small business certifications. On the Cat Biller Minute tonight, I'm going to discuss how to promote your brand with inbound marketing. Got to take a short break and start out with the Cat Biller Minute, and then we'll start the discussion on what certification do you need for your business. All this on the Cat Biller Talk radio show. I'll be back in a moment. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Okay, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. On Cat Builder Minute, today I'm going to talk about marketing and using the Internet. We're going to talk about what we call inbound marketing. That's where you create and share useful content that can help you attract and keep customers. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs think marketing is it's a necessary evil. You know, you may be one of them. But if you do it right, it can help your business grow. You know, you create this product, this killer product, and you think people are going to love it, and you start marketing to people. You can either hire a PR agency and you try to do free publicity, but what do you do on the other days of the year? You need to invest in marketing, okay? But you need to find out the right kind of marketing. And, and I think one of the best ones is inbound marketing because what you're doing is help, helping customers is what you do best. It's about creating content that's useful for your potential customers and using it as a tool to bring people in. You know, you don't have to get out there and make a lot of noise. You just got to make the right noise. You can buy ads and things like that or get a booth at a trade show. But a lot of times your competitors have larger budgets and more money and you'll never be able to outspend them. So you need to find marketing that gives you an edge and you get a long-term result. Inbound marketing does it. It focuses on attracting people by providing value instead of pushing your way in. And, and you create content that's helpful. You know, I send out a lot of content. You know, videos, blogs, photos, podcasts, presentations, ebooks, tools. 
But think about the type of information that will be the most helpful for your customers because relevant and useful information makes people happy. You got to organize it, you know, try to get it search engine happy, you know, and optimization can help you with that. But after you've created the content, optimize it, you're going to have to spread it, and social media can help. It takes some time. But if you create good content, you're going to be producing and spreading it farther. People will spread your content. It's easier for your content to be shared if people like it. So by creating content designed to appeal to your your dream customer, the people that you are trying to get to the most, you will attract qualified prospects to your business and it keeps them coming back for more. So I want you to learn how to do this. Uh, if you have questions about it, contact me, schedule a session with me. I can help you put together a strategy so you can create content and get it out to your customers so you're adding value to them. So with that said, I'm going to go and take one more quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to set the stage for the conversation with Ms. Griffin about certification for your business. So, you listen to Mark Parham, Cap Builder, talk, teaching you how to, to learn, to experience, and to do things that are going to help you change your life. I'll be back in a moment. Russell Wilson here, and I know how important exercise is. It's essential. It's essential. With Play 60, United Way and the NFL are helping kids stay active and play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids. Healthy kids. But what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org slash play60 because great things happen when we live united. Donate. Donate. Are you guys going to do that every time? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham and I'm back. I'm getting ready to set the stage for this conversation about small business certification. You know, I always try to look up an article or something to get the conversation going going to talk about tonight, small disadvantaged business owners, a lot of them are unaware of the numerous business certifications and assistance programs that are available to aid them. You know, many of these programs are aimed specifically at overcoming the effects of discrimination, which may be hard for disadvantaged minority business owners to, to conquer. It's important to increase the awareness of these opportunities as well to assist small disadvantaged businesses in obtaining the credentials necessary to compete with larger entities. There are many government entities, including the Small Business Administration, that offer innovative opportunities to assure that small disadvantaged business owners are not left behind in the race for federal contract. You know, business certifications such as the SBA's 8A teach small business owners how to compete in the federal contracting sector or how to take advantage of larger subcontracting opportunities. Now, small business certifications can offer new opportunities for small disadvantaged business owners However, the process for getting these can be tedious and exhausting. 
you have to review application requirements, organizational documentation, and to assure that each of your business your business has the greatest chance of succeeding. You know, so you must ensure that you have the correct small disadvantaged business classification, and these programs are in effect a gateway to opportunity for small contractors and subcontractors. But we have found you cannot do it by yourself. So tonight I've invited on the show Miss Kimberly Griffin. She is I want to say the diva of certification. We'll, we'll let her say who she is. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you having me on this evening. How are you? Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. So, Kimberly, you know, um, usually when I have people on the show, the first thing I like them to do, you have a business, is to give your elevator speech about what your business does and name your business and, you know, tell us a little bit about it. Fantastic. Thank you. So I own a company. I call it a small business. Um, We do minority certification preparation. We do matchmaking, which is we matchmake primes with minority contractors to fulfill that part of a government contract, and we write RFP responses. That's what my business does. You write those big old thick RFP responses there. Everybody yes, <laughs> that everyone's afraid of. So, you know, yes. I want to get into what you do, but I, I want to get into how you even came about. You know, everyone has a story about how they got into business and how you're living the life that you're living now. So we could, you know, step back a little bit and talk about how you got started in business. What was your aha moment that you decided, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself? You know, I think that's a great question, and that's something that I definitely love to ask a lot of my small business owner clients as they have gotten into the business and where they are today. Um, I started, I'm going to say, I've always been an entrepreneur, first of all. I think it's in my blood. Um, I first got interested in this side was uh, I became a massage therapist, and that was back in 1997. I'm definitely aging myself. Um, But I read an article about a woman, literally in a magazine, who owned a massage therapy company in the airport. Um, At that time, I would say Carrie was a, she was definitely the only one doing this. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I contacted Carrie and said, how did you do this? How did you get in the airport? You know, this is what I want to do. And she was actually um, amazingly open and gave me some great tips of organizations I should join and what I needed to do in order to step in her shoes. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Carrie a year later at an airport conference, which she recommended me to join, and sure enough, I opened up my first airport location because I had decided in my mind that this was something I wanted to do was take massage to the next level, and the airport was a way for me to touch several people. Um, And I just had some really amazing people along the way that showed me that I could do this. Um, in order for me to get into the airport, I had to be certified. So I was certified here in Atlanta, which is my home state, and it was before one of the new certifications which we have out now, which is going to be Airport Concessions Disadvantaged Business Enterprise, which is an ACDBE certification, was out. So I was a DBE at this time, but since I was an airport concessionaire, this program opened. 
since the program had just opened, that means we had a lot of oversight. So we had people from D.C. speaking into the local people about how to do this program. So I was really in the program when it first started, learning the ground rules, knowing what it meant to follow a FAR rule, which is a federally regulated rule that we need to go by for this certification, and understanding what that process went. I was privileged to work under um, Shelby Scales, which now runs AMAC, which is the Airport Minority Council. Um, she was actually over me at the Raleigh Dorm Airport, which is where I opened up Traveling Grace Massage and Spa Services and ran it successfully for four years. Um, wow. After doing that for four years, um, I had actually teenage daughters. I was a single mom, and, of course, teenagers are acting out, and my oldest daughter had gotten into a car accident, and I needed to be home. So I went from running a successful business, making a certain amount of income, a certain lifestyle, so now my youngest, my daughter had gotten a car accident, and I needed to be home. So a friend of mine called and said, you know, you're certified. You know, there's lots of businesses out there that need the service. They need to understand the process. They don't understand that there's contracts on the line. If we don't have minorities certified, we lose it, and we need someone here. And um, I had a friend in Florida that called and said, I think you need to fly down. I think the meeting was in Fort Lauderdale, the first one I went to. There were no minorities in the room that were certified, and there was a contract on the table for millions of dollars. And according to the contract, they needed, I'm going to make up a number because I don't remember it, I'm going to say 18% of the contract mm -hmm. was set aside for minority businesses. And they had no one in the room that was certified. Um, I understood the process. I was certified. I had worked with some great people, and literally it was one of those things where, like, okay, can you do the paperwork? And then from there, I was privileged, since I was in the airport business, to start working with the people who did the certifications, and then I ended up doing the training, and it grew from there. And here we are five years later, DBE Consulting, and that is my specialty is assisting people in getting certified. All right, a couple questions. One, you said entrepreneurship is in your blood, so that meant that even when you were a child, you were having lemonade stands and things like that. Were you a child entrepreneur as well? Oh my goodness! Yes, um, actually, I was. First, I grew up in California, and I had a playhouse mm -hmm. in the backyard, and we sold everything out of there. I mean, you know, of course, we had <laughs> we made everything from pot holders because they had this little kit, and we made pot holders right. and sold them to parents. Yeah, we did lemonade. We did everything. It literally. I am an entrepreneur. My entire life, I have been making well, dollars. Uh, <laughs> and and, and I, I asked that question, right? I asked that question because a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs, and they say it's in their blood. It truly is. Okay, when you start looking back, you know, to the things they did as children, they were always coming up with ideas to generate revenue. And uh, that's why I like to ask that question when you said it. The other thing that I thought was important about what you did was you saw something that interested you, and you reached out to the lady at the airport that had the massage place. And I think that's such an important step because a lot of times if you ask people properly, they will help you, okay? And a lot of times we don't reach out. I mean, we're afraid that they may say no. But you reached out to her and she led you right down the path. 
She most definitely did, and she's still a friend today. And I would definitely strongly say, um, you asked Mary, like, what did she learn or what would she tell people? I would say mentorship and knowing the people who have gone ahead of you so it makes that trail easier mm-hmm. for you is really important. And I am very grateful. I have made it a my point in my business to make sure I don't have enemies. I'm not competing against you. What can we do to come together? You know, even if we're in the same business, there's got to be room for both of us because I have a vision and you have one. Um, And that really works for me. Um, I don't compete against Carrie. I've opened up in two airports. She was in four airports. When she was losing a contract, we talked about how we could work together. And when I decided to go with another company, I sat down and talked with her first because she had been there for me. I think, you know, the more honest you are with people, the more open they are with assisting you with going to the next level. So I am all about collaborating, seeing what we can do together and seeing how I can help you or you can help me and we create a win-win. So I think that's really important. And I think it's important because the foundation is building the right relationships. And in 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 the short time that I've known you, I mean, we met uh, about a month ago, but, I mean, it was after that one day, the next day, you know, all these connections started happening, you know. uh, But it's about building the right relationships and leaving the right impact, okay? You know, first impressions are lasting impressions. And, you know, being professional and straightforward, um, so then when people walk away from you, there's not a question mark over your head, you know, because there's only times that, you know, you know, when you feel it in your gut, you're like, something just ain't right about that person, but you don't know what it is, you know. But um, but I think you've done a good job at um, developing the relationships that you have. Otherwise, uh, you would not be strong in business as you are. So, um, and I appreciate that. That's, thank you so much, and I appreciate that. I think that that's always been one of my goals, and it's something I've taught my children. It's something I definitely teach in my classes, as you know. The person today may be on the bottom. It's the person you have to actually make that decision three years from now. Mm-hmm. So it is important how we okay. treat them so that we're truthful and that we are up front with what our intentions are. And I have noticed and I know that that has really been important to me and my growth personally. Well, it looks like you're doing the right thing. So it's one of those things now. Let's move into the conversation about what you do to help people. And um, I know there's a whole bunch of acronyms and, you know, DDEs and 8A and all of this. But let's talk about, you know, I read this little article about why these programs are created. And let's talk mm-hmm. about the purpose of a lot of the certification programs first, and then we'll get into how they actually work. So from your sure. standpoint, after, you know, being working in the system, what, what the purpose? And have they always been around, or you know, have they changed over the years? Are they better or worse, or what's going on with them right now? Sure, um, that's an actually great um, question, and I teach that in a lot of my classes. Is the history of why we have set aside and why we have special programs for minorities. Um, Bottom line, this program actually was developed in the late 60s, early 70s, and Atlanta is definitely the pioneer of these programs, and we'll have to give Maynard Jackson definitely major credit for what he did in the 70s for this program. But the programs are designed to make sure we get a piece of the pie, minorities. 
Um, you have to think about it. Women and minorities, really, their voting rights and other things were set aside. I mean, it didn't even exist. So this program, programs are designed to make sure we get a piece of the pie. So you cannot, so let me say this, so the majority cannot just keep it all in their family, but we're saying everyone who lives in our city is entitled to work on a project that's there. If you have the skill set and you meet a certain qualification, according to the certification rules and regulations, there's some money for you. There are some jobs for you. And this says you are included in whatever's going on with the government. And now the programs have grown to a point where they're saying, okay, we have 5% set aside on the federal for women. If you are a woman-owned business, all you have to do is go and ask for the contract. According to the federal contract, you just need to compete against another woman in order to get that. There are contracts set aside for minority women or minorities in general. And let's just take the minority out for the second because I'm not sure who all your listener base is, but some of them are based on economics. So we all have gone through some economic, you know, discomfort at times. There are set-asides just for that, and that brings me to that. Um, Atlanta has a SBE program that's all based on your finances. So anyone can apply for that. So there are certain certification programs, and based on where you are and what your business needs are, you can qualify. And it doesn't matter whether you're color, race, economic. There are some spaces for you in the certification world. It just depends on your needs and where you are. Wow. So, so why? I mean, okay, I'm a small business. You know, I got my business started, and uh, I just have like a corner store. Okay. Okay. So, or, you know, gas station or something. Why would, you know, uh, I can do business with the government or, you know, why would I want to go get uh, the set aside or get get go through the hassle? And it just seems like it is. You know, a lot of times when I talk to people, they just go, wow, it's such a hassle. I remember when I got my, my first company, I got my minority certification, and they almost wanted my DNA. You know, it seemed like, you know, for me to prove that I was a minority. So why go through the hassle? You know, Mark, um, one thing that I have already started to admire about you and what you do is, first of all, you have to know your own plan. I think that's important. Is it, is it your plan to grow past your community, but you know, beyond that one spot that you have? If so, what is your economic availability to, to do that? What is your inroad in there? Now, if you have your own, fantastic. But if you don't and your goal is to grow, that to me is where the certification process comes in. The certification process says that I qualify to be on a bid that's going to take me from a small little store operating on the street level to possibly operating on a major contract, let's say, in the airport, Department of Transportation, or let's say Department of Defense, who needs your services, or another entity that's run by the government. So you need to make that decision, one, to see if you qualify, and two, based on your business plan, is this in your plan? What's your growth plan for the next five to ten years? Does it fit into the model? And to assist you in getting there, can you do that, running that mom-and-pop shop in the streets, only getting that local business? How do you expand your business? Based on what your company's needs are with growth, then you make that decision. And then as far as the hoops that you jump through, that depends on the certification you're looking for. So are you trying to play in the city, you know, arena? Are you trying to play in a state arena? Are you trying to play in a 
play, excuse me, in a federal arena, which is huge contracts, and what is your capacity to actually, you know, fulfill that portion of the contract? So it really depends on you and where you're going, whether you want to do it. And I think that's based on your growth that you have set up for your business. Now, if you're a mom and pop who's only dealing less than 100000 and you want to jump on the federal side, that may be too much for you as a small business. But to get a city contract that's going to increase your dollars, it may be worth that certification at that time. And then as you grow, then, you know, in five years, you may want to play in the federal space. Let me go back to why you would want to do that. You as a small business, what your bank account says you can handle and what the city, state, federal says you need to have, you may not have that. You have to build that capacity in order to play. That's the benefit of that certification. That certification says you don't have to have $2 million and come to the table. I need you to come to the table with 18% of that as a minority, and you can handle that because you've been doing business with your wow. bank. They'll give you a loan or there's programs. So that's a major benefit. Yeah, I, I remember back my engineering company, once I got certified, I mean, all, all kind of doors open. Matter of fact, it was interesting. I would go to these bidders' conferences, and these prime contractors would be looking for me. Okay, you know, because they had to have the uh, their participation uh, quotas and things like that. So uh, it was such a process going through it. So now you have your standard, you know, minority business certifications and things like this. You mentioned there are some new ones out now that um, that people may not know about. I, I think we a lot of us know about the standard ones that have been around for years and years and years, but what are some of the new programs? Oh, my goodness. Well, it depends on your field. I'm going to say here in mm-hmm. Atlanta, the SBE is going to be based on your economics. It's not based on your color. It is a race neutral, whereas we look at a lot of contracts based on um, a race inclusion, meaning like for the Department of Transportation, DBE, that is based. That says you have to be minority-born, either African-American, you have to be Asian, you have to be Pan-Asian, you have to be, you know, and it lists what nationality you have to be. Whereas the SBE just says economically you have to be under a certain amount of money and you qualify. It doesn't matter about your race. So that's fairly new. You see that on some contracts, and I will say um, a lot of certifications are going that way. Um, They want inclusions, but however, they still want to include everyone. Um, That's one of the new ones, but it also depends, Mark, on where you're trying to bid. So Department of Transportation Mm -hmm. has DBE, but there's also Department of Defense. There's, um, what is it? There's an economic one. There's USAID. I mean, there's several different agencies that the governments run, so they all have different programs under depending on where you're going. So um, just really depends on what your business is, what your model is, and what your goal is that you wrote in that business plan, which certification works for you. I'd like to go back for a second to what you said and what people Mm -hmm. need to realize is we are a commodity meaning that every government contract does have a percentage that says I have to bring on a minority contractor. Now, it may be a female-owned business, okay, qualified, or it may be, you know, it may specifically say we want a minority, and it will say a DBE or a African-American 
firm. So they'll tell you what you need, whether it's city or state, and based on that, those people have to do more than just go out there and check off a list that they talk to someone. If they find one, they have to go through a checklist to see if you qualify, and they have to put us on there. So I think that that's really good that we have that oversight now that says, guess what, I am a commodity, you have to talk to me, and if there's a way and I qualify, you have to put me on a federal contract, which will actually make it better for me to grow my business because now I have that experience because I'm able to count that contract towards the amount of money I've made. So let's say it's a $250 million contract. I have 18% of that. I can actually put $250 million because I've worked on a project that size that I've handled a project mm-hmm. that size, even though I've had a small piece of it. So that really helps us to grow. So Wow. So t- tell me this now. It sounds like it's inclusive, but are they doing this grudgingly or is it very, very welcoming? You know, is it like, okay, you, I got to invite you to the party. You're like, but I really don't want to. And, or are they really inviting you in and really trying to work with you and help you grow and things like this? Um, I think it depends. Most of my experiences are have been pretty positive, um, and that could be my outlook because <laughs> I've heard stories. Yeah, so it had to do with you, right. Correct. So I, I really think it depends on our mindset. I'm excited. I'm excited whether it's 18% or 33%, and actually I'm more excited about the little numbers because I like to work in small increments than get a big chunk and be all that responsibility. Um For the most part, I think it's been a very positive experience here in Atlanta. You know, we have several projects that are out. And I have to tell you, I think the networking events that I've been to, they've all been pretty positive. They know the goal could be 18%. Usually what I've seen here is we exceed our goals. And I'll give you an example. Hartsville Airport, the goal was 30%. We're at 42%. We exceed our expectations. You know, we're moving our – football stadium from Atlanta into um, Gwinnett and Cobb counties where we're going to be doing a lot of business now. They're exceeding the goals. When I went to the first meeting, it was 10%. But actually they were talking 8%, 10%. Now they're at 18%. You don't raise your goal unless if you're interested and know that there are qualified people out here and you want to actually have that count toward the goal. So my experience overall has been very positive. It hasn't been that grudgingly. I've seen a few, but for the most part, it's been a positive experience. However, I will say that it's very important that if you come to the table and you want that percentage, you need to come qualified, have all your paperwork in order, and show that you can manage this percentage of the contract. That's the issue. It's not really on their end. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second because that was going to be my next (laughs) question. Coming correct. So what what do I have to look yes. like? Okay, uh, okay, I think I'm ready for these contracts. I'm ready to do my thing and get my you know certifications. So what do I have to look like? What happens? I mean, I know there's a whole okay, lot please. to it, but just you know, run run the top things that I have to be prepared for. Sure. To me, um, Mark, it's just like what you prepare them for for a business plan. So if they have a great business plan, pretty much everything that's required for the certification pretty much are in there, meaning you've got a great resume that shows that you can do the job. You've got a team behind you that shows that, you know, I'm taking a percentage of this contract that I can handle my finances, I can handle my administration fine, I can make sure my employees are covered. I can show that I have a P&L 
It shows how exactly I've done business in the past, which is important, and I also can show what I expect this contract to look like, what I'm going to do with my finances. That's really important. Uh, not only that, that you have all the required documents for your state. I mean, I sat under the table and people don't have a business license. They say they've been doing business for five years, but have never owned a business license. Unacceptable if you want a government contract. You know, you have to have all of your documents in place. Um, besides that, um, tell me a little bit more about your business. What are the requirements of your business? Does your firm require that you have certain equipment, and do you have them, or is that lease? You know, if you own your materials, that's great. That means I can call you instantly. If you lease it, if something's going on, let's say that you're doing a road project and there's something going on in, in Alabama and Mississippi, and they have something going on, the likelihood of you being able to rent that equipment for an emergency here and it's already been renting it out, you may not be on the top list. You know what I mean? So they want to see what mm-hmm. do you have that verifies your business. And then have you ever been denied certification before? Really important. And a lot of minorities have been denied because they just didn't finish the paperwork. So we start, we put it in, and then we don't get back. That's really big. That's saying you don't finish what you do. That that actually shows up, and it's really important wow. because you'll be explaining that for wow. the next ten years. Why were you decertified, or why were you denied certification? Um, and not only that, how was your company set up? You know, if you're an LLC, do you have any partners? What are your agreements? Or if you're incorporated, how is it set up? How are your stocks? being, you know, divvied out. Who else gets a piece of that? And if something happens to you, what's your setup? You know, how do we take this? Let's say this contract ends. Wow. Is someone else's business is going to take over, or does that mean that you don't have the capacity and we already need to look at somebody else? Those are important things that are needed in certification and to get the contract. Uh, and that's, I guess, by labeling all those things, it's probably – a reason a lot of people don't go for, but it seems like if they started their business outright in the first place, they would have those things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some of the stuff that we're preaching, particularly I'm running into more people that are coming to me now after three years of business and they're running out of money. And I say, well, let's take a look at your plan and see how you plan this. And they go, uh, well, I sort of have a plan. You know, and then I go, okay, well, that's the problem. Um, if you don't have a strategy about how to scale your business, then, yeah, eventually you're just going to run out of steam. And I, and I think that's what a lot of us do. We don't really put a, a strategy in place. So you keep saying business plan, business plan. So this is a big part of what you're talking about then. I, I people am have to 110%. Have yeah, I am 110% when someone sits down to me, I ask them if they have a business plan. And as soon as I hear no, for me, that's a red flag. And then I start my whole questioning skills just really kick into place. And I recommend, you know, well, that's your first step because that's going to give you the key to what you're doing. If you don't know where you see yourself in five years, when you sit down at the table with a prime, he's not going to see it either. He is not going to see keeping you on a seven-year contract because you're not showing him, first of all, financially you planned for it. 
second of all, you don't have the wherewithal to do it, obviously, because you don't even have a plan for it and you don't even see the growth. So we knock ourselves out a lot without not even having that basic tool. Um, I wholeheartedly believe write the vision, make it plain. If I don't have a plain vision, no one else can take my vision and run with it. But if you give me that plain vision, I can assist you with making that happen. That's what certification does to me. Wow. That, that's important, especially for me, because, uh, you know, because that's what I do is try to, you know, help people write these plans and um, look at five years and three years and try to get them to understand mm-hmm. how to do projections and things like that. And I think it's very important because, as you say, as if I'm a prime contractor, I'm getting ready to sign you up for a five- to seven-year contract, and you're not thinking past next week. <laughs> okay, you know, that's. And it's kind of a, a, a tough because you're actually getting married to them. I mean, it's a exactly. marriage. Okay, exactly. I mean, you, you're sharing everything. Yeah, so it's, I, I think it's an important concept to to really think about um, the relationship that you're developing with that prime contractor. It's a little bit more than just business because a lot it of is, times, you know, know, when I go ahead. Go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. I'm listening. No, you go ahead. Well, you said something yeah. I think is important, the projections. A lot of times people don't realize they'll send a projection in because the prime wants to know, is, let's say we're on a seven-year project. A lot of small businesses don't include a lot of line items in there that are important, you know, your GSA line item. You're going to have some general administration costs. You're going to have some miscellaneous in there. They want to see exactly how you plan to spend these dollars when they give them to you. You know, are you covering your insurance? Are you covering all of your employee costs? They want to know you understand the model and what you're going to do. And they also need to understand that usually the first year you're not going to make any money. So we're going to show that red line, but we're going to show how we're going to build and where we're going to take our costs. They're looking Mm -hmm. to see you understand numbers. And if you don't, you have someone on your team who does. And let me be very clear. I am a small business. I am not good with numbers. I have an accountant, and I have a CPA, and I have a financial advisor. And once a quarter, I'm in a meeting with all three. So they can constantly say either I'm doing a great job or I need to make a change. I think that's really important. And it shows when I sit down at the table for an RFP. I may not know it, but I have someone on my team who does it. So I don't want to overwhelm anyone because there are a lot, but that's why you build a team. That's what it's really about to me, you know, showing that I have someone who does understand it. That's all they really want to know. Okay, so now, you know, we've had this conversation and, you know, Lester might go, you know, I'm kind of interested in this whole certification thing. What are the next steps? You know, they're not certified right now. Where do they go? What do they do to find out, you know, what's available for them in this whole certification arena? I think first they decide which certification is best for them. Um, what my company does is we really talk with you with a client for about a half an hour to an hour or a potential client to mm-hmm. see what's their main, like where are you going. Is it for the city because you have a small, um, let's say, cafe, and you'd like to get into the city because the city actually has a lot of contracts out right now. Actually, they have a contract on the street I can say this because they're getting ready to redo some things in City Hall for the fire department and police department. So they're looking for small vendors who maybe have a cafe. 
um, they're also doing a lot of construction down there. So let's see where we fit in. If it's not city, let's talk about county and government. So on the county side, there's, you know, there's county jails. There's a whole lot going on in that area right now. Is that really my niche? Is it Department of Transportation? Do I do something with roadways, with trucks, with recycling? What do I do? So let's find out which industry we go in or fits us best. Mm-hmm. And where do we live? So um, the young lady who you had on the phone earlier who started your show, mm-hmm. you were asking her mm-hmm. about where her business was and if she was hub zone. That's an amazing certification, the hub zone is. All that says is that I live in this certain area and you are entitled to certain businesses. Also, if you're a veteran, mm-hmm. you want that certification. So it depends on the needs. Now, let me say this. We had talked before, you and I, about 8A certification. Most of my clients, mm-hmm. I discourage them from 8A to start with because 8A normally says I can handle a large contract. Most of my small businesses mm-hmm. cannot handle a military contract off the board. They may qualify for 8A because 8A says my personal net worth is under $250,000. However, those contracts lead to million-dollar contracts, and they say I have a staff of 50 people or more. I can do up to, I think it's maybe $60 million. I mean, some of those contracts start at $8 million for clients that I have found. Um, so I usually kind of steer my client. Let's start at the city, state. Um, transportation levels, and then let's go Because what you don't want to do is start with an 8A, and then all of a sudden you can't fulfill the need of the contract, and you've got someone interested because you've been going after them, and then you really can't. Well, all of those are notes in your file. Why set yourself up for that? Let's build what you can do and get some small city. Let's get a couple of county. Let's do, you know, just a couple little things here, and then we have history. Now we can take that. We also, since we have that small history built up, we usually can build a team. That way we can go after an 8A. Um, I like a plan. I like to see that progressive, you know, where we started from in year one, year three, year five, year seven. That works for most of my clients. And I have had some clients that said, nope, I'm going straight 8A, and they've done it. Um, a couple, not that many. <laughs> so it really depends on what many. your needs are, what kind of certification. And it sounds like your clients, once you take them on, you have a long-term relationship with them because you're actually guiding them to bigger and bigger, you know, contracts and things like that. So it's not uh, they just going to come to you and just get certified and, all right, see you later. It's, it's like a long-term relationship. And and that's most definitely what the goal is for most of my clients. I do have some clients, and I love those clients that can come in. We assist them with certification, even if it's just review and they go off and do their thing. A lot of my clients I do mm-hmm. matchmaking with. You know, they've been running their small business by themselves, and now they're looking at a larger contract, and they want to be safe. So let me see. I do A, B, C, and D. The contract says I need E, F, G, and H as well. So I'll partner them up Mm. with someone to fulfill that contract. Also, primes come to me and say, you know what? We need a contractor that can do this, this, and this. And then I'm going to vet that small business and say, this is what they're looking for. This is where you're at. They want that contract. We find a way to make that work, whether that's bringing in a third party or how do we do this. Or we're able to just say, you're not really ready for this. Let's learn from this so we're ready for the next one, you know? Um, I do try to build so you, a relationship uh, and try to do what's best for my clients. I like something you just said. So you can take 
maybe two small businesses that may be in the same area and add them together to go after a contract. That, I uh, do maybe that co- Individually, they can't do it, but collectively they can. Most definitely, and I think that's something I'd really like to stress <laughs> to all your listeners out here. Sometimes you look at contracts, and even if you can, think about if you really want to do all the things listed, and will it be better for me to get a piece of the pie, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. share it and grow instead of getting nothing at all because you know it's going to take all of you and you're still trying to run your mom and pop here or you still want to, like me, I'd rather have 4% of the contract and be able to travel to see my daughter in Dubai and go to L.A. than have 33%, which 33% says that I am in the office more times than not. So, yeah, Yeah. I am all about collaborating, building, learning from others. Yeah. Informing that chain. Wow. So, you know, I didn't ask, uh, how do people find you? Uh, they want more information about what you're talking about. and How, how do they find you? I do have a website. It's dbeconsulting.com, and that's D as in David. Actually, it's D as in disadvantage, which is what it stands for. Okay. D as in business, E as in enterprise consulting.com and I can be reached at 404-966-3573 and they also can reach me through you. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Yeah, well, we know that. We're going to be tied together at the hip because you know, the one it. thing that I, I heard, I saw a lot of opportunity because they're coming to you they don't have business plans and guess what? Okay, we can make that. We can fix that real easy. Okay, because that uh, is an amazing very me, important the, um, tool. Right, it's, it's been amazing to me the business plans I've been doing lately. You know, um, for people like I just finished one for somebody's in the AD program, so I'm learning how to do the, the, the 1010C and some of these documents. And uh, but you got to have them. They will not give you mm-hmm. a contract without their business plan, you know, and they want to see it. They want to review it because they want it to be able to, if a prime vendor wants to potentially hire you or collaborate with you, they want to be able to send them a plan so to show that, yes, this is a good person for us. We certified them and they look good. So i, I tell you what, we're uh, coming down to a few more minutes here. I want you to, I ask everyone to give us some pearls of wisdom as you want to give out to people that are thinking about going down this route of certification, some things that you want to tell them that they need to do to get ready or whatever you want to say. Well, thank you. I would say um, write the vision, make it plain, and then when it's time, the person who will assist you in taking it to the next level, they will come. Um, I would also say don't sleep on the certifications. Now is a great time to be certified, whether it's your local MBE for small business or whether it's your DBE or whether it's your WOSB 8A hub zone. Now is a great time. There's lots of federal dollars. Before we change over administration, remember our numbers count. The more people we have certified, the more availability for contracts there are for us. So. That's what I'll say right now. All right, Ms. Kimberly. Well, I thank you for coming thank on you. the show tonight and explaining this. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have more questions about it, but um, 
it sounds like something that people, if you really want to get serious and live a future, something that they need to do. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time this evening to come out and explain a little bit more to us about this. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, All right. and we will talk later on. Thank you. Have a great evening. All right, you too. All right, people. That is what we're talking about there. When we talk about certification and growing your business, you got to have a plan. I, I, I think that was the, the common denominator through everything that we heard tonight was having a plan. So with that said, this is Mark Farham, Cap Builder Talk. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today, helping you learn, helping you do, and helping you experience this whole world of entrepreneurship, taking you on a journey into self-reliance. So I enjoyed being with you tonight, and I look forward to our next encounter. So you take care. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Kappa Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildertalk. We hope you enjoy the show.